I'm talking about freedom, and I feel like the the enemy was totally a lot more on it, like trying to tell me over and over again, like how basic of a topic we've all heard that before and and it's funny how we would do that on the topic of freedom because what what would happen if we were all completely free that's exactly what he wouldn't want so of course he's going to be on overtime all the time saying like it's so basic it's just too basic you know but really I don't think we've all walked uh, that we all always walk in full freedom so the this the song um no longer slaves from the Helsers is a huge song. It's popular. But there's a reason it's popular. Because we've all been slaves. We've all walked in bondage. And it's like an anthem. It's like we're no longer slaves. We're children of God. And it's it's more like we're saying that in faith in some sort. And then also there's the fact that there's the highest prescription pills are for anxiety and depression. So then there's that. So obviously as a whole, we haven't conquered freedom. <laughs> so that's just my logical thinking there. So um, we, let's see, we all struggle with it. And so I'm going to tell a little bit about myself and some of the things that I've struggled with in the area of freedom. Whenever I was little, I always struggled with um, believing lies. And I know I'm not the only one, but man, when I was little, I would just, and now looking back, I'm like, you ever think whenever you're now, if you could just go back and be like, what was I thinking? That girl wasn't even that great. I was like letting her be so much better and measuring myself and and all this stuff. But um now I just look back and I'm like, man, but I've learned from then. But when I was a child, I was just so um, insecure. And I let like lies that I wasn't enough. I wasn't smart enough. I was ugly. Um, I wasn't good enough. All of those lies that we've all heard. But I let them consume me to a point where they paralyze me from any potential. So I feel like that's what the enemy does. He instills us with fear and lies, and and it just paralyzes us. We literally can't move forward. We're stagnant. So over the years, I've gotten healing from that, and I became confident in just who I am in the Lord. But lately, I've found a newfound freedom, and it is public speaking. (laughs) So I didn't just pop on the scene, guys. I didn't just pop on the scene. I um, have not, like, ever thought of it as something I was, I know this sounds silly, but I never thought of it as something I needed to conquer or that I was believing lies. I just thought, that's not for me. I'm an introvert, and it's not for everyone. Those are the things I told myself. It's like, that's great for them. They're very fired up, or they're extroverted, and that's my husband. That's their thing. Um, But then, and so, like, I got so many prophetic words I can't even count the prophetic words I've gotten that um, I see you speaking in front of big groups and traveling and blah, blah. And I'm like, that's great. But all I felt was pressure when I, (laughs) I'm sorry, I just talk completely real. I'm sorry for that. I'm not sorry. Brian said, don't ever say sorry. He told me, stop saying sorry. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. And he's like, you said it again. (sighs) So anyway, um, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. That should be my phrase. Okay. Um, so what was I saying? Whenever, okay, public speaking. So um, for all the prophetic, prophetic words always were like, that's great. And in the moment it was emotional, but I was just felt pressure with it all. And I didn't feel like it was my time. 
And so um, I like to be behind the scenes. I'm like creative, administrative. I'm completely opposite of David Bendet. And so I just felt great doing other things. Um, so I was doing a good job being hidden. Um, and I was feeling great about that. And then Nancy Brassfield came into town. And she, uh, we had a little meeting with uh, the leaders, the women at Tanya Land's house. And she prayed over me. And I had happened to sit under a sign that said, you have a voice. And I, I sat on the couch, and apparently that sign was above me. I did not ever take note of that when I sat down. So then she just, like, spoke over me. And for the first time, it just completely fell off of me. And it was like, you have a voice, and it's worth sharing. And you have a message that people can relate to in only the way you can say it. And so I finally started believing that I had a message that was worth sharing. And... Um, and something I got when I was re-looking over the notes from Saturday is that despite being an introvert, the Lord's purpose for our lives takes precedence over our personality type. So um, I was just thinking about how we all take these personality type tests and we box ourselves in. And I feel like that was a lot of what I was doing is I was like, I'm an introvert. I don't need to do that thing. But it doesn't matter. When you're called, you're called introvert, extrovert. So there's that. So my life is on this whole public, all of a sudden, it's like this public thing. And I'm like, what just happened? So it started with, I decided to write. And I thought that was a great thing. I felt like the Lord wanted me to write. And so I started writing. And even that was like nerve wracking for me because it might seem like just, oh, she's just blogging. But to put your thought and your hearts out into the internet for everybody to look at is is vulnerability. You never know what comments you're going to get or what people are going to think. So there was, it all started with that. And then I got asked to do a podcast, which wasn't too bad because I wasn't being seen. So that was great. And then the, (laughs) then there was the radio and that was nerve wracking, like the most nerve wracking thing I've ever done. And I know it's not like a huge radio station, but for me it was huge because I'm behind the scenes. I do not, I never liked being public. So, but all of these things, I just was willing to just do it because I felt like that's the Lord's, what the Lord said. I have a story. I want to bring hope. And so it's not about me. So I just was like, I don't care if this is uncomfortable. I'm just going to go and trust the Lord to get me through it when I get there so there I am five four three two one you're on and I'm like okay seven minutes to tell a really hard story about Eden and and uh give hope and I somehow pulled it off and I was like okay now that I've gotten through that I think I can conquer the world no just kidding (laughs) no and then um after that I think it was like I led the 70s meeting which is all of our leaders and, I've, and it was the first time that I enjoyed public speaking, which is a huge thing because I had spoke before. Anytime people asked me, I would like, hesit- like I would just hesitate, but I would do it. And then I would just honestly be miserable inside. I was dying. I'm just getting dramatic. <laughs> no, I was just like not enjoying it. It was like you were just forcing yourself to do something because I wasn't free. Like, I was just doing it out of routine, I guess. Um, so the, the 70s meeting was two Saturdays ago. I know this is all just so right now. It really is. And it all just has been happening like that. And um, I really enjoyed that. And then I spoke Saturday, and I really enjoyed that. So I was like, okay, I got this. This is not that hard. I don't know why I was building it up in my head as like an extroverted thing. 
Um, so something shifted in me when Nancy prayed. Um, and then I think the main thing is that my value and self-worth is no longer wrapped up in what people think. Um, and I think that is the main issue, is that when we think when something's going to, like if someone has something to say about you in general, is that going to affect you, who you are, like who you believe you are in the Lord? Is that going to mess up your value? Is that going to throw you off? It shouldn't, you know, and I, th I guess after the, all these years, I finally got it. I'm like, you know what? It does not matter what anybody says, because I know there's everyone that's public, there's going to be a critic. And so that's just how it goes. Um, so I'm just free from caring what you guys think, and that just feels great. Okay. So, and the lies are boring. Um, the lies the enemy uses, they're boring. They're the same ones, but we keep falling for them. And that's so frustrating to me. So if anything you get, just believe, just hear that the lies are boring. He uses the same ones with everyone. So let's just like move on and not let him win. So um, back to freedom. Enough of my story. I'm glad that's out of the way. Um, back to freedom. What does true freedom look like? Because I know we throw around the word, but here's the teacher in me. We're going to break it down. What does it really look like? And, and we're going to talk about how we get it. So the Bible says, where's my scripture? I am, I've got like six scriptures on this. I'm so legit. <laughs> like six or seven, I think. I don't know. Kanisha typed them for me when I was getting the kids out the door. Okay. So the Bible says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So in Galatians 5, 13 through 16, I chose to use the Message Bible because I loved how it worded it. It says, it's absolutely clear that, the, that God has called you to live a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. This is an act of true freedom. My counsel is this. Live freely, animated and motivated by God's spirit. I love how they word that. So from, from that, I got two points. This is so practical. So the, number one, if we want freedom, we have to love others as we love ourselves. The problem with that is most of us don't love ourselves. So, you'd, and you might say you love yourselves, but if you really, really believed the truth about who the Lord says about you, then I think we would be a lot more free. So, we can't love others if we don't love ourselves. So, we can't even do step one if we can't love ourselves. And so, um, John eight thirty two says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So, my question is, does our heart know and believe the truth. What is the truth? The truth is he delights in us. He smiles when he sees us coming. He's cheering us on. He loves us to no end. He empowers us and he has a great purpose for our life. Do we know our worth as sons and daughters? Do we believe he will work things together for good in our lives? Do we believe that we count? And, as, and I read this quote um, that I love. And it says, when you work for an audience of one, you always know that you count. So that just means that we always know we count when we know when our value is from him alone. 
So it won't matter if you decide to write and your blog or your writing never gets shared on Facebook or nobody likes your status or nobody, or nobody seems to be excited about what you're doing because you're doing it for an audience of one. Your value is in him alone. So once we know the, the, and we believe the truth about ourselves, we must then choose to be led by the Spirit. So I still remember my teacher. It might have been, it, I want to say kindergarten, but now that I think about it, there's no way I could remember that. Nonetheless, it was somebody when I was little, a teacher said, it's all about choices. And I, I don't know why, but it always stuck in my head. Maybe because I'm so black and white. And I was like, I need something concrete. But she always, she kept saying, you know, life's all of, comes down to choices. And I still think that holds true today. I look at people in their lives and I, I so clearly see, well, they just keep making these same choices. And there's a root for that reason they do that. But it really does all come down to choices. So um, Galatians tells us that we must choose to be led by the Spirit. But what does it look like to be led? And, and so I, it is a choice to be led by the Spirit. That's the second point is one we have to love our love ourselves and the second one is we have to choose to be led by the spirit and that sounds so simple and we all probably sit there and say oh I'm being led by the spirit but I think that total freedom is total dependency and it seems like you can't be dependent in freedom but that's the exact that's the exact way of freedom is dependency on the Holy Spirit and dependency looks like realizing we need him every moment of every day. In parenting, dating, decisions we make, schedules, jobs, and more, it looks like being intentional about asking the Holy Spirit. So Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and then all of these things will be added. So I always think of that so practically. Like when I wake up in the morning, I don't grab my phone and look at social media. I, I just... Stop if I'm not being woke up by my kids first. I stop and I think, what do you want from me today? Uh, you know, what, who do you want me to, who do you want me to reach out to? What do you, how do you want me to spend your day, my day? And sometimes the Lord says, I want you to find time to be alone with me. Or I want you to spend quality time with your children. I mean, this is, I'm just giving you my life, but I mean, I'm sure it's going to look different for everyone. I'm just trying to give you practical examples. So um, the thing is, we he first chose us, but we must choose him in return. And it's a daily moment thing. Every moment we have to choose him. Um, Deuteronomy 7, 6, for you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the earth. So he chose us, but we have to choose him. So are we choosing him every day? Are you choosing him in all of your decisions and your choices? Um, then Galatians, back to Galatians 19, and it's also the Message Bible. It's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying, and I'm just, I'm going to apologize because this is kind of a harsh version, but it's straightforward and it's real, so I'm going to read it. Galatians 19:21. It's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all of the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, and impotence to, <laughs> impotence to love our 
or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing personalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. I could go on. This isn't the first time I've warned you, you know. It, if you use your freedom this way, you will not inher- inherit the kingdom of God. Sounds really harsh, but it's as real as it gets. It's true. So, I mean, choices have consequences. So the Lord wants us to live out heaven here on earth. But the thing is, we can't have the blessings of heaven if we aren't willing to live out the ways of heaven here on earth. So there's good news, though. It goes on to say, but what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sediment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. So, once again, it's a choice, and it's about being intentional. So, the other day, I was telling the ladies, I got this random question, and it would happen to be when I was in the shower, because the Lord has to speak in limited time, because I'm always with my kids. And so the question was, is what you're doing and what you're thinking working for or against you? And so it really convicted me. I thought about every way that I'm thinking and every, and every choice I'm making. Is it working for me? Is, is it benefiting my life? Is it towards free, true freedom in my life? Um, so are we choosing to believe lies and allow them to hold you back from what God's given um, potential for you. I think that the main thing I want to hit home is lies. I think that we don't even know we're listening to lies. Um, There were so many years I didn't even know it was a lie. I thought, you know how you think it might be yourself, like it might be real, but it really is the enemy every single time, and he's sneaky like that. So I wrote down some of the lies that just came to mind that we may be believing just so that we can be aware of that. Um... I know, this is super practical. All right, so some lies we might be believing, and there's so many. I mean, the list could be like 150, but so one is God isn't good. I am alone. Nobody cares or can relate to me. I will be happy when this happens. And on that one, I want to say, especially with women, maybe only because I relate. It's kind of like I hear people saying, when I get married, I'll be happy. When I'm married, when I, get a, when I have a baby, I'm going to be happy. Or when we get this house, if we had a bigger house, I'd be happy or I'd be more content. But, the, but it's, it comes down to being truly happy and rooted in, in, the, in Christ. So nothing's going to change. I'll be stuck in this job or this season of my life forever. I'll never be able to provide for my family to the extent that I want to. So nothing's ever going to change. Or I don't belong or I don't fit. So those are some main things I think we struggle with because we all want to belong. So these, these lies affect everyone in every area of our lives. Choices have consequences. 
And when I talk about choices, I forgot to talk on Saturday that even if we make negative choices, which have bad consequences, it, it shouldn't bring on shame because shame is what is, is saying, I didn't, okay, the main difference is shame is you believing that you are bad, you are that decision. But guilt is, I did something wrong, I have the conviction, and I know the Lord forgives me, and I can make it better. So there's a big difference between guilt and conviction, because that's actually healthy. Um, I feel like we can go somewhere, there's a positive outcome with that. But shame makes you isolated, hidden, feeling bad about yourself, you don't know your true identity. And so, um, I just want to say, if you made bad choices, you can at any time turn around your life and start making better ones. So the thing with lies is we have to take our thoughts captive, and Romans 12, 2 says we have to renew our mind. So with this, what really works for me is like, as cheesy as it may sound, a freedom song. So a freedom song or a motto or a quote for the season you're in is a constant reminding yourself of what you're not going to believe and what is going to happen. So my, I don't know if you guys ever heard the song Catch the Wind by the Helsers. That happens to be my freedom song at this moment in my life. And it talks about um, you're bold and full of life. You're steadfast, no compromise. You're born into freedom and you're born to fly. So I don't know who wouldn't get fired up saying that to themselves. I mean, it really is exciting. Um, so a lot of, I mean, a lot of people liked the No Slaves song. Um, you're a child of God, you're free. I mean, whatever you have to say to yourself, whatever truth you need to replace with the lie, it has to be done. And it has to be done every single time. And once you just face something head on and you conquer it, I feel like the, the enemy's like, okay, I've lost, on to a new one. And so like you just fight it and you confront it and then you can move on and he leaves you alone with that area. But you've always got to be ready. So it's so we have to seek first, like starting in the morning. Everything needs to be about seeking the Holy Spirit. So are your choices resulting in true freedom? We have a choice to believe the lies about our worth, our purpose, and his promises, or to believe the truth. We also have a choice to choose to be led by the Spirit. So I want us to know that our choices matter. Our, cho- our choices shift things in our life. Our choices are a matter of life and death. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. So it's super important that we choose things that are going to bring life and freedom in our lives. So the thing is, we've already been born into freedom. We've already been set free. We just have to choose it and walk it out in our life. I know it sounds so simple, but it's a daily thing. Like what? I mean, we can all ask ourselves, what area am I believing lies and am I in bondage instead of freedom? There's got to be a way. I mean, if you're in a certain situation now, it, it usually came from making choices and believing certain things. So, um, The thing is, Christ came, he walked the earth, he paid the price, he bought us, and he set us free. So he says to us, you are free already. You have to choose to be who you already are.